Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. G'day, everyone. How are you going? Phil Tarrant here. I'm co-host of Investing Insights with the Right Property Group. Thanks for joining us today. I have with me in the studio my other co-hosts, the guys, the brains, the talent behind this operation, uh, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar, directors at the Right Property Group. Gentlemen, how are you going? You well? Going Great, thanks, and what an introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Going well, Phil. I get carried away sometimes, right? A couple of coffees gets me excited, and uh, it's the uh, coffee goggles, right, where I I think the people I'm actually working with any given day are actually better than what they are. (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) no, it's good. I I, um, (laughs) I was just looking through my my portable handheld telephone device at – our last uh, podcast we did um, a month ago, and uh, I was just reminiscing on how much I enjoyed it. It was a long one, by memory. It was like 40-something minutes, and we went through a whole bunch of different stuff. So we're back again. Here we are, covering off the big issues impacting property investors right across Australia. And today, I'm going to steer the conversation in a way in which I think it might be a bit raw, but I want to cover off all those things that everyone's talking about right now. So me as a journo, you know, all day, every day, I get people pumping out press releases to me and it's my job to work out what we write about, you know, um, what do we curate, what information is relevant and pertinent, what's going to add most value to to our readers. Um, and I guess working with you guys and the work that you do as, as, as property buyers, you know, you must get jargon, buzzwords, you know, something happens in someone's life and they go, I better do something about it because I've read something somewhere. So what I want to do today is look, what's making headlines? So what are these big buzz themes that everyone's throwing around right now? And we've gone through a process over the last year or so. We went through the election and negative gearing getting scrapped and what's going to happen to capital gains tax and what's going to happen to interest rates and all this sort of stuff, right? So we've moved into a a more normalized market, but there's stuff everyone's talking about right now. So I just want to pick your guys' brains on this, if you don't mind. Sounds and, good. Uh, it's, what I want to kick off with is- um, a lot of property investors have been tuning into this for a while. We've been doing it for now for a couple of years. It's really popular. So thanks, everyone, for, for getting involved and participating. I was, I was looking at this uh, iTunes rankings for this podcast, and we're doing pretty well. So please keep subscribing. Uh, if you like what we're doing, tell your friends as well. Just press the button wherever you're listening to this right now. But everyone's talking about these ghost towers now. So punters, and I've inverted commas, and it's a term of endearment, have gone out and bought off the plan <laughs> apartments. And uh, they're all falling to bits and there's concrete cracking and value of these things are halving and getting worse. People can't get finance stacking up for it because they're settling. How bad is it out there, Steve, with these unit blocks, which, you know, Sydney and Melbourne's getting all the headlines, but right across Australia, there's been some pretty dubious developments done over the last sort of, you know, 10, 15 years. How bad is it out there? I think it uh, has the potential to be worse than what, people are really talking about i mean clearly we've got opal towers and we've got mascot and the like which have been well reported but it goes far deeper than the ramifications actually go far deeper than well what anybody has talked about at the moment so australia's had a an apartment construction boom some 650 odd thousand apartments built over the last decade and you know whether they're warranted or not perhaps is another conversation how, how, how many 650,000 uh, individual apartments built Correct. over the last decade. Yeah. And there's about 200,000 still in the pipeline to be built yeah and that just to put it in perspective we've got a very strong population growth scenario as well mm. but when we overlay this whole issue around construction and i think more so the question is well what are the effects not just so much now and which we can talk about but also how that's going to play out over the next two to three years so how bad are these apartments 
Is everyone crap? Most of them no, are crap? No, I think it would be, be... And crap being a term of like they're not up to specification or they're not... Really technical term. Yeah. yeah. And that's... <laughs> yeah, I'm a simple man, you know. Yeah. Look, it's, I saw a report... Are they probably lemons? Yeah, you know? no. I, well, I don't think all of them are, are lemons, but I think a fair degree would be for the immediate future. There was a report that was handed down the other day, I can't remember by whom, that was saying that probably there is at least a defect in most new apartments. Now, whether that be, he didn't elaborate, but whether that mm. be cracking or foundation issues or waterproofing issues or, or whatever it may be, it was a pretty general statement. Nonetheless, there are those issues there. Now, clearly that probably the most costly and the most diabolical issues are those of the foundation issues. Mm. Structural. Structural issues, I should say, yeah. And there's a lot of media around, a lot of people talking around the cost on what it will be to repair these buildings. And if so, who's going to wear the cost? And mm. Nobody quite knows how that's going to play out. Will that be the owner's corporation? Will that be the government? Will it be insurance? Mm. A lot of the builders that have built these things have gone, right? Like it's Mm. one of those industries where they build a block and then for whatever reason that business that built it doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yeah, well, and this is the way they set up their companies. It's a a company for the construction of that particular building and, you know. I think we've mitigated that risk through legislation where the Phoenix companies are no longer allowed. Mm. So there's insurances in place and warranties in place. Just describe Phoenix companies. So basically, let's say I was a developer builder and I'm built a uh, complex. I'm using a company structure to do it. Once everything's sold, you liquidate the company and move on. So there's no liability coming back to you. And that used to be pretty common. However, government then introduced legislation where regardless of which company built and whether they were in existence or not, there was an insurance policy in place to cover for that. But then in each state and each territory, different levels of warranty was in place, so whether it was three years, five years, 10 years. And therein lies the problem because if you look at where the property market is right now, we have given back some of our growth. So a lot of these purchases may have bought pretty much at boom and at the peak of the market. And now they're being asked to contribute towards major works because there is no money in the strata fund as such. So generally what most people would do is reach into the equity of their property and fund it that way. But we've got stricter lending conditions. We've got equity that has gone backwards. And we've also got all of these lenders that are sitting back and saying, oh, I don't like the look of that. This is a security I'm going to give a loan against. And how liquid is the security going to be if the issues don't get solved? And I think that's where it's going to play Mm. out. And that's where it needs to be talked about perhaps a lot more. Mm. And so if you even go a little deeper than that, so we can start at the lenders and who will be a little bit risk adverse to the the larger towers. And we're talking about new construction here. So anything that's perhaps halfway through construction or has been constructed in the last 12 or so months. So lenders are extremely aware and nervous around it. Valuers, mm-hmm. yeah, they're subconsciously, they're going to be, oh, I don't know about this. I'm going to need some more reports. So I want to see construction certificates, perhaps the history of who the certifier was and whether that's tied up with other building issues. And at the very best, the banks might reduce the LVR. Yeah. At the very worst, they might just refuse to lend. Or load the interest rate as well. Yeah. Or all of the above. Yep. So it's almost like a throttling effect. Mm-hmm. And then if we go further down the line, all the way down to, say, certifiers, which is essentially what the government did. The government got out of the way some time ago now to allow private certifiers to come into the industry and make the whole process. Yeah, and and they did it rightly so to release the bottleneck because there was a huge bottleneck. But I suppose no one took into account that there would be a lot more shortcuts taken 
uh, if that was the case. Yeah, and not we're certainly not suggesting the certifiers, yeah. but yeah, maybe the, the quality of construction mm. was the issue. And I was speaking to a certifier yesterday, and he said that the indemnity insurance providers for certifiers, where if you had gone back, say, five or six years ago, whatever it may be, there was multiple insurance providers for them. This year, there's one. So last year there was two, now there's one. Mm. And his premium, and he's only a one-man band and he does swimming pools and decks and things like that. So his premium from last year to this year, so last year it was 7000 this year it's $40,000. So imagine what it'll be now for the engineers or the fire mm. engineers for the high-rise towers and the certifiers for the bigger projects and everything like that. There's going to be a snowball effect. There's going to be a follow-on effect here throughout the whole construction industry. And so this will stifle construction? Absolutely. But it's it'll stifle construction that will hurt the economy and we're going to go into that circle yep. again. And, and the end user will end up paying for it because the, the increase in pricing will get passed on. So the end load, user. Up, load up yeah. the, the Correct. price of the property. And if you're the yeah. owner of a unit now in a new construction or you're due to settle one, you would be asking yourself, do I want to live here? Is it safe? because of the innuendo and mm -hmm. perhaps the attention that has been around for the last six months on the quality of construction. And if you've got something to settle in the very near future, I would be really looking to employ some other certifiers, some engineers and whatever it may be, because I'm about to put, I don't know, 500, 600, a million dollars down on something complete on something that may not be of quality. Now, whether that's true or not is yet to be seen, but the thought is there. Mm -hmm. yeah. The other side of it is, as a tenant, are you going to want to move into a complex or a tower, whatever it may be, that is known to have imperfections and yeah. quality control issues at the detriment of your own safety? Perhaps now that's me sort of being a little bit over the top. Or will the tenant be tempted by the cheaper rent that the landlord or the construction company, because no one's going to settle on these or very few people are going to settle on these properties, they're going to have to drop the rent to make mm -hmm. it enticing Often, sorry, Victor, I've never bought a property off the plan. So, you know, I don't have any personal experience with it. I don't know if you guys yeah, have, have ever done it. So, um, and maybe you can explain to people how it works, Steve, but if you can do it in the context of if I sign a contract saying I want to buy this thing and I give 10% deposit, you know, do I have any way as the, as the consumer to say, you know what, this guy here might have given this an occupancy certificate, <laughs> but that's a shit building. I don't want to go ahead language, I don't want to go ahead with a pipe purchase. Can I do that? It's not as easy as that. It's not yeah. so much black and the, white. There the are some things yeah. you need to to be aware of, though. And when I say I bought some off the plans, that was a long time ago. It was probably mm. 20 years ago and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I also remember- uh, But they, they were back then, they were different, right? It was stacked not for the developer. It was stacked for both ways in terms of safety and all that sort of stuff, in terms of pulling out of the contract, looking at different aspects, quality, all it, of those things. It, it was those a fair contract. Yeah, that's right. Uh, potentially, and which is where I was going because I was able to rescind the contracts on settlement just because I had the plans with me and the size of the rooms were different than than what was on the plans. And But this is the big problem when you watch like Today Tonight, one of these sensationalist things where someone signs up for an off-the-plan apartment and um, it looks beautiful in the brochures but when they go in there the rooms are different sizes and the finishes are different yeah and most of the time they just it's like because the contract will say we can change this if we want mm. yeah know? to within a degree and, and, and you, get, yeah. you get stuck with it right so most people they get stuck with either a 
poor quality property or it's not exactly it might be built really well but it's not exactly what they actually it's not what signed, they signed up, up for. for and i think this is when i never really hear positive stories you only hear the negative stories. well you'll only ever hear the positive stories on how much money i made because i bought it last year with a 10 percent deposit bond and look at now it's settled and it's worth a million dollars more mm. people really want to talk about the wins not so much the losses until it becomes quite serious which i think we'll see a lot more mm-hmm. of now and i think if we just keep going down the vein of what the future holds as a result of the fiasco is that the cost of construction will heavily increase. But it probably should be if they're building properly. Well, well when you argue that, like, 100%. Yeah. But I would suggest that it'll probably increase more so than that, just because the cost, such as insurances, certifications, mm-hmm. councils getting involved, regulation, legislation, everything else that is now going to be so much tighter, and so it should be, will force the cost of construction up. And what that will do is, I believe anyway, it will make perhaps the land that is more scarce for units and DA correct zoning and everything. People will be a little bit more tentative, mm-hmm. except for perhaps the sophisticated investor or the speculative investor who will just prey on the fact that these things will change and water will be under the bridge and people will forget about it. But I also think it will push people or steer people perhaps is a better way of looking at it into not so much the high-rise apartments but the low-level stuff. So the townhouses, villas. villas and even house and land. And mm. as that momentum starts to gather, I would suspect that the zoning that will allow for the townhouses and the villas will become more more expensive more to get. expensive yeah. as a per lot basis mm-hmm. as opposed to the high rise. Yeah. But, but wouldn't Victor wouldn't on that logic that if it becomes more expensive to construct these properties correctly mm-hmm. um, because of the actual building, the mechanics of building is better and all these on costs with insurance and stuff, wouldn't that naturally just mean that the markets will go up because that's the price not, of these not properties. Not necessarily. The market would need to catch up, right? So if you look at it as to what's happening right now, so the confidence in new bills is very much eroded from a lender's perspective mm-hmm. and also from an insurer's perspective because the other thing we'd be looking at is your owner's corporation insurance will skyrocket as well because they will then talk about building catastrophe and how much they'll insure it for, what the premium is going to be. Exclusions and within the insurance, yeah. strata mm. management fees, everything will increase accordingly. And then the banks or the valuers, like you said, Steve, they are going to stay, sit back and say, okay, how do we mitigate this? And for those that are already exchanged off the plan, there is a very, very strong likelihood that the valuers won't value it to the extent that they could right now. Or valuers won't want to value it because yeah. they just don't want to Correct. the potential heat Or, or they yeah. put a higher risk rating on it, which yeah. then impacts the loan-to-value ratio. So there, there then comes that tipping point where you've got less investors, less homeowners willing to buy because of lending constraints, because of all the stigma attached to it, and uh, less people building it. Uh, and therefore Correct. the supply diminishes immensely and all of a sudden it becomes a scarcity factor and then starts taking a run again. And that's where I was going to it with mm. because for that to happen, people will need to get over what is now impending is the whole off the plan mm-hmm. investment strategy being their flavour to now, no, I'm well away from that. I want to go with existing buildings because I know what I get and rightly so in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it'll do is it'll just not spend too much more time on this is that we're going to see a lot of construction companies fold. We're already seeing that. Yeah, and, yeah. and some have lost their deposits. Mm-hmm. Was it Raglan or something like that? Like, yeah. Anyway, they've gone. More will follow. That will affect the economy and the expenditure within the macro and micro economies. And therefore, construction has already stopped. DAs have already – the pipeline is depleting very, very rapidly. So we're going to get to a pinch point where we will lurch from an undersupply – sorry, an oversupply scenario 
to a short point of equilibrium than to undersupply. Even the governor's saying now, the RBA is saying that we are not building enough Mm. to keep in line with population growth. And so so you were saying then you should be buying off the plan apartments because they're going to go up in value at some point. Because no, not at all. No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, so just, to put, just to put it in perspective as to how much construction is happening in Australia, right? So the crane index, so they count the number of cranes yeah, in the yeah. sky. Mate, there's heaps of cranes yeah. at the moment. 736 in cranes in operation in Australia in the last couple of months. Mm. Compare that to the rest of the developed world, they're about 500 combined. Right, so huge constructions happening in Australia. Oh, hang on, hang on. Yep. Can you say that again? So 736 cranes yeah. across the Australian skyline. A, lot, a crane being a massive crane or just some bloke with it's, his it's, backyard it's a, winch? No, no, no. Phil Clarence style. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so, seven, so how many? 736. Okay, yeah. in Australia. In Australia at okay. the moment. Yeah. 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 So that means that there's that many constructions happening where we're going more than five levels pretty mm. much. Mm. Yeah. And when you look at the rest of the developed worlds, they're far less. They're about 20% less than our combined, on their combined numbers. As to our numbers. Developed world meaning? Being America, being uh, New Zealand, your Canada, all of these. All so of these combined, they've yep. got less than less the Yeah, yep. Re- Look really? it up, look it up. Yeah, really? It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I don't look that up. I don't yeah. believe that. Now, I didn't believe it either, but then uh, we might we might stick that graph in, in the show notes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because that's an interesting well, spec. There's a building going on then. Yeah, there is. But yeah. remembering that we are going through a major infrastructure boom mm. uh, in Australia, which is, you know, if we go back the last couple of podcasts, we've always uh, talked about how Australia's really in the developed world is throwing a lot of money in infrastructure. Mm. Yeah, and infrastructure also includes the buildings and, and uh, your commercial and office space and all this sort of stuff, mm. right? So there is a That's lot. That's a good point. I yeah. think you, and we need to, the, to discriminate between resi and commercial mm. as well. Mm. So if, if we where we are here, if we look across the road, it's well, predominantly the commercial. Skyline, well, just, just down the road here, there's one, two, there's three. We're recording in North Sydney. There's three major, huge office towers. And, commercial. And commercial, mm. commercial going up right now. Yeah, versus residential. Channel, yeah. Channel 9's coming in here. There's a new one just down the ground, um, was it Alliance? But you look over the water at the skyline, you've got cranes galore. Mm. You know, I, was look, I was actually looking at it this morning. I was going, oh, there's a lot of cranes out there, you know. I was actually stopped and went, wow. They're starting to obstruct your water view. They are. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting away, you know, flashing, flashing lights. And, <laughs> but moving right along. But, but this is all um, – so we're talking about the quality of construction, right, and yep. the impacts and implications for people who are looking to settle or who – are involved in, uh, well, the strategy is based on buying off the plan and hoping you're, you're playing the game, right? You're trying to buy at a point in time when property's going to go up and all that sort of it's stuff. It's a speculation. It's a speculation. Yeah. But compounded with this, and a lot of our listeners might not be familiar with this, is that a lot of the material that's been used on building apartment blocks over the last sort of 15 years in Australia is really, really, really dangerous. Yeah, you know, it's probably all going to have to be replaced, you know, yeah. like particularly panelling on properties, which are pretty much just infernos waiting to happen. Yeah, like, we, we don't know that for an absolute fact because mm. there's a lot of testing going on because there's different levels of facade that they've used and all that. But yeah, definitely it mm. could become a problem. But we, we need to be very clear here. This is new construction versus mm. something that's an old red brick block. Absolutely. Or the likes or a blonde yeah. brick block from 20 years, 30 years ago. So that's two different okay. things. That stuff's mm. okay. And, on, yeah. and in fact- because let's not forget that units are often built on the hubs of infrastructure such as yeah, transport, shops, yeah, that sort of infrastructure, travel, rail and, and what have you. So they perhaps, you know, if, if one was to take a guesstimate, maybe the older buildings will actually do better than the newer buildings now because people will feel safer 
yep. and a flight to safety into mm-hmm. the older stuff rather than the new stuff. So I think it's an interesting scenario that we have, but you know, I'm pretty happy to go out on a limb and say that in the three to five year time frame, we're going to see an undersupply scenario throughout certain parts. So, of so what, do you, what, what do we do about this? So do you not buy apartments or- Buy older apartments if you have to. If you want, if, you, yeah. if that's what your, your thing is, is to buy an apartment, whether it be to live in or you think it's a good investment because of the infrastructures and so on. Mm. And, and sorry, facilities, Steve, go um, the older stuff. Yeah, you absolutely do a strata report when you buy so that you can go through the strata record to make sure that it doesn't have any issues that's been flagged in their meetings and all that. So one of the Correct. due diligence that, that should you be do, disclosed, right? In, yeah, in it, should be. Report, it should yeah. be, yeah. A lot of people do tend to say, no, I don't want to spend that 220-odd dollars to get a strata report. It's probably one of the best documents you can get when you're buying a unit because it discloses you know, whether there is any issues bickering between the owners, if there's any issues with the building, has there ever been a special levy put in to say fix the balconies, or is there a special levy they've been talking about that they have never implemented because they've been voted down mm. to fix an issue, which yeah. will become an issue down the track? I would suggest that you mentioned special levies there. I think special levies are going to be the flavour of the month amongst mm. the, the newer developments. I reckon new business build, will start. Where yeah, to build a war yeah. chest and mm. there'll be a business that evolves out of this and someone taking advantage. And the, the last comment probably before we move on I'd make about that is if you are a yeah, the speculative investor type that is going to wait for there to be blood on the streets around these newer complexes and halve their price or whatever the scenario may be, still do your diligence. Like yeah, really, really go to town on it because just because you buy something at half price – doesn't necessarily doesn't make it, it a bargain. Doesn't make it a bargain, correct. Now, Victor, I know you've written some stuff around this on your website recently. So um, if you want to find out more information, rightpropertygroup.com.au, sure. yep. go and check it out. And, and the blog session. I think we mm-hmm. did a, a couple of blogs about that over the last yeah. month or so. Yeah, and I think it's really important. I think, you know, there's probably people listening to this podcast going, oh, oh dear, what have I done? What, what am I in for? Why did I commit to buying a property 18 months ago, which is going to start coming online in six months' time, I might not get finance. It mm. might not be a product which is right. You know, what do you do? Do you if don't you panic? Don't, don't panic. panic. No. no, no. You start looking at options, though. No, I don't you think start you thinking about yeah, getting you, out of it. Can you get out of it? Well, no, you'd, yeah. you'd want to speak to you, hopefully, a very good solicitor, firstly, but I, I don't think you can bury your head in the sand either. That's potentially mm. more dangerous. So you need to attack it now and look at mm. what your options are. And hopefully, because once again, this may be, we may be overstating this, and hopefully your complex doesn't have any issues. And I think that's a really important point. I don't want this to sound like we're beating up Australia's great- Construction industry. Construction no, industry, right. which, is, which is the, in many ways, the backbone of our economy. You know, it employs- it's huge. Thousands of Australians. This is where a lot of people hold their wealth in these properties. So we're very fortunate to have a vibrant construction sector in Australia, and there is some extremely- established and quality and reputable reputable yep. organizations out there building these big complexes which are supporting Correct. our population in the future so this is not a beat up at all in the construction no industry. and to give you some scope on just how big the industry is it's a 141 billion dollar yeah construction industry yeah. we need it they do a great a, job yeah you know absolutely it's by, a massive part way. of the economy yeah by the way but this is the next point steve you know about you know what are the big themes what are the big buzzwords and themes making headlines at the moment and one of them around this um this big R word, right, this potential recession. And whether or not you subscribe to it, you know, we can be bush economists and have a talk about it, but, you know, we're not – this is not what we do for a living. But everyone's talking about this potential recession right now. And and what you were talking about beforehand in terms of this this cycle of how the construction industry can impact wider micro 
and macroeconomic growth uh, within our cities and our countries, so at a state and federal level, can impact the way we, we advance forward. Now, Victor, the definition of a recession. Well, as soon as I hear the R word, I think of the O word, opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Oh, because that's good. Did you hear that? That was good. I know, right? I learned from a good journalist once. Yeah, yeah. not you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never paid to be a good journalist. <laughs> but Great journalist, maybe, but, you know. <laughs> uh, what we need to make sure we don't confuse this is with the GFC, right? GFC was totally different. Two different things. Two different things, right? Yeah. Recession is going backwards two quarters in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Negative growth for Negative two quarters. Growth, yeah. Yeah. And when you look at it, that means that the economy might not be traveling well or the uh, sentiment is slipping. Understand that we're coming to the end of this property cycle. Yeah. And we're trying to keep it alive for a little bit longer with possibly throwing even the kitchen sink at it to keep it going a little while. But cycles do come to an end and then restart again. So more so in um, uh, Australia, I would say that rather than recession, we're going to go sideways. Um, I hope that I'm right on that. To understand why we shouldn't really be that concerned, certainly do your housekeeping, and I'll address that in a minute. We need to understand how the economy and, or what the pillars of the economy is. Obviously, in Australia, business, and in business, there's two um, sides to it, retail and uh, service. Retail struggling, service is not in Australia, so services. Then they've got your consumer, which is, you know, your household spending, your loans, all that sort of stuff, which means discretionary spending as well. Then we've got our trade, so import-export, which we're doing pretty well with at mm. the moment because our export is far higher than our import, but you can link that back to consumer and say that we were not bringing in that many stuff because we're not spending that much money, right? And then, of course, then you've got the government, that also is a pillar of the economy by way of infrastructure spend, by way of tax incentives we are starting to see, and also getting into a surplus budget, right? So that, that's the premises of the economy. How does it impact us from a property side of things? We have to remember the last recession that we had to have. We went into that recession with fairly high interest rates in comparison to right now. And that's one of the biggest things. Fairly high. They're massive. Yeah, they're massive, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, high unemployment. Mm, and mm. high unemployment. So if you look at it right now, unemployment, whilst it is not what um, the Reserve Bank wants to see in terms of uh, the level of unemployment, we are relatively okay with unemployment at the moment, right? The other thing that we've got is that the interest rates are relatively low and we have still got talks of it going even lower. And... That's the thing that will cushion us quite a lot with the property in itself. Lending can be eased a lot more in terms of what qualifying rates that they use and who they lend to and so forth and how they lend to people. And that will then make, uh, make a stable lending for a recession if that does arrive. We have our banking system, our property ownership and our way of doing business in Australia is vastly different from your American system. And therefore, for me personally, I'm not concerned. I'm actually looking at this as an opportunity. Certainly, if you're not prepared, and what I mean by that is that when there's a recession, money still flows. Unlike the GFC, right? GFC, money becomes tight. In a recession, money still flows because you're trying to throw more money at, at everything to kickstart the next cycle. So money will still flow. What we need to do as an investor is right now make our equity liquid. I keep saying that every podcast, make your equity liquid 
because that's where the opportunity will come because people lose value in their property because of the recession mostly from fear but also from the fact that you know the four pillars of the economy will be impacted in some way shape or form and therefore there'll be a decrease in value throwing the units as well mm. they'll they'll uh, they'll do, work do, as well. do you subscribe to so you're saying sideways you're not mm-hmm. you're not saying no, no I'm saying that it might not be an absolute plunge like mm. everyone's saying it's a bit of scaremongering yeah. to be honest and, and, and I and I feel as though and <clears> and you know my my views towards government who should be in power is, is irrelevant mm. but you know, being sort of bipartisan, but um, you know, I think we're in a stronger position with the coalition government. Absolutely, we are. You know, well, who were looking to push us into surplus yeah. budget, whether or not they're going to do that, right? And mm-hmm. being a bit sort of grey on when that's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and how you choose to slice and dice it. But you know, I think the right guys are in the seat. Yeah, you know, yeah. the right guys are in the seat. And if we throw enough money and enough incentive at it, we can kickstart the moto again yeah. and reintroduce the confidence in the market because that's what it boils down to. We know Australia wants to be in recession. Yep. Yeah. You know, strange. Well, let's look at what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Most Australians don't know what it's like to be in recession. You know, I, I don't have any, me personally. 26, 20, 28 20 years. I, I, the, yeah. the only memory I have, you now looking backwards, you know, is that my I know, I know my mum was paying extortionate interest rates, but that's my only memory of it at all. I read an you know? interesting stat the other day that no, I think any sensible was the term, as uh, adult, 46 and younger is never- Never seen a recession. Never seen a recession. I've never seen a recession. No, yeah, good, like, nice one. No, but as, a, as, a, as an adult and yep. you know, contributing mm-hmm. to the economy and what have you back yeah. then. And it's, look, I think it's interesting. We have a, a whole different set of circumstances this time around than what we mm. had in 90, I think it was September yep. 90 mm. or thereabouts was the last recession. Reception. <laughs> recession. And so I think today's circumstances are quite different. We have- a fall in construction pipeline, as we just talked about. There's not a lot in the pipeline. But, but, but that said, like, I th- can you just crystallise the numbers on that? Yes, it is down, but it's still a lot higher than what it was like 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. It like is. it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, if you look at the graphs, you just go, if you looked 10 years ago to where it is today, you go, oh, God, mate, so we're cracking along construction wise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't remember the numbers exactly. Maybe we can put it in, in this, this mm-hmm. graph. But so is our population. Yeah. yeah. And people are forgetting this. Whilst we're not the highest around, it's certainly healthy. Mm. Population growth, and, and I think the we, population growth also is there's a lot more skill migration, so they're coming to jobs. Well, this is it. Jobs. So when so when we have immigration as an example, it's a direct effect on the economy because probably more so now than ever that skilled migrants that are coming in, they're coming with some money and they're contributing to the economy, and which therefore has a direct result on shelter, mm. housing, as opposed to just natural population growth via births and, and yep. what have you. So it's it's an interesting set of dynamics. So I. As you were speaking, I quickly wrote down why I think this time is a little different from last time. Um, so the Australian dollar helped stabilise the economy. Absolutely. We didn't have that last time. The drag from falling mining mm-hmm. and the resource sector is over. In fact, iron ore had a, a, an awesome run. I think it's come back recently by 20% again. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, while the, the dollar is low, exporters cherish the moment. There's scope for extra fiscal stimulus. Now, we know that the government has, or the, the Reserve Bank has dropped the rates and they're, they're pricing in another two cuts mm-hmm. and there's some economies around the world that are negative interest rate positions where it is literally they're paying you to have the mortgage whether we get to that or, or not i don't know i just don't see us getting to that but now that i've said it we probably will it's hard to get a mortgage these days well, this is it. So just because the cost of money is only one part of the equation. Mm. The ability well, to get it. give it to you, right? You Correct. Know. You know, and, and I think the more 
the bigger the portfolio that you have or the more of a sophisticated borrower that you are, the harder it is yeah. going to be for you but, to but continue to get But these are some of the levers that the government and its sort of regulatory bodies, the mechanisms they have, right, if they go, you know what, we need people yep. to buy more houses and we Correct. need people to build more houses, what do they do? They say, okay, let's make money cheaper and yep. banks like to lend money because they like to make money. Correct. These are all the different things at play. It's complicated, right? Mm. You know, well, it is. How these mechanisms of the economy and how Fiscal it, stimulus. Fiscal stimulus, how it actually does stuff and why people do it, right? Yeah. You know, if they want to kick things along, they can shape it. They, they did the negative, the reverse of it three years ago when they said, look, let's limit interest-only lending because things are a bit out of control, you know, so yeah, let's, let's think, bring it back. I, so I it swings think, in roundabouts. Yeah, with APRA, with what they did, I think they went a little bit too far, which is why we are where we are mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, people are going into principal and interest loans now. A mortgage stress is actually increasing because of that, because they can't refinance for one of two reasons. They either don't qualify still mm. or they have gone backwards in their equity in their property, so they can't actually refinance. So, that's the other factor that will play in into the R word uh, mm. in the near future if, if we do get there. But like I said, there are so many opportunities that will open up when the market uh, let's goes talk about that then. You know, we're, we're sort of we're tight on time, but mm. you talk about opportunities, all yeah. right? Like, how do you know when you see an opportunity? What is an opportunity? How do you know whether an opportunity is right for you so in this market? One of the things you need to do is correct for the market in terms of what you're buying, where you're buying, how you're buying. Yep. So what I mean by that is you need to mitigate the risk of things going further down. So any property that you're buying, you do your sums to the nth degree to make sure that your income's gone down by 20%. I'm just making these numbers up. Your income's gone down by 20%. Your interest rates are still at zero. I'd see it as around zero. 1% thereabouts, right? Because if you look at Westpac, they've just brought out a 2.99 fixed for five years and 2.5 for interest only uh, for three years, I think it is. Really? Yeah. So the- What was that? What, how much? 2.99 interest, interest, interest only. If any from yeah. Westpac's list, you got to love a rate like that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I, I suppose- now contact me. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's more reserved to your uh, straightforward buyers, your, your, yeah. your mum and dad. You're less um, riskier. You're, you're less riskier. Right? So well, someone with a larger portfolio- We yeah. own property in their eyes, you are risky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so someone with a larger portfolio will struggle a bit mm. in, the, in the next couple of years if they haven't done the housekeeping. So. You know, get locked down your lock down your rates in terms of cash flow wise, right? So if you think that you're going to have issues with the income and you're carrying a largely uh, a huge negative cash flow portfolio, look at rationalizing that. Mm. Yeah, but seek some specific advice around your circumstances. Do that. In terms of opportunity, construction, as we know, Steve is going to slow down for high rises. Lending may slow down because people aren't borrowing from consumer sentiment and all that. So the number of dwellings that are being built will reduce. Mm. And therefore, we still got this population coming in. We still got this demand for accommodation. So the rents will start going up, right? And every time there's been a slower market or a market going backwards, you have the rents going up. And when it does correct back to start going back into the next round of growth, the rents don't slip back that much. So if you grab the property right now, provided you can mitigate the risk in terms of, okay, if it still got went backwards, I don't have to do a fire sale. So speak to the professionals to get the right property to fit into your portfolio based on the circumstances. And then, you know, when the rent goes backwards, it doesn't slip back by the amount that is grown. So you, you end up coming on the other side 
with a property that's got a much higher yield than someone coming in to buy at the other side at that point in time because the prices have gone up. So you're setting yourself. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that's the important point because if you actually complete the numbers on a few different modeling scenarios, if you were purchasing now at, say, between, I don't know, four and a half, five, five and a half percent yield, if you can find them in fundamentally correct areas, just to be clear. And you're getting your money at three and a half. And you're getting your money at three and a half, which let's be fair, like you and I aren't going to get money <laughs> at that at that price. But but even if you went interest only at say 4% with an increasing yield scenario, mm. you'll be in a very good position in terms of your cash flow to almost being in a neutral position pre-tax. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. gives you time in the market without affecting your lifestyle. Mm. And something you said earlier this morning, Steve, when we were having our coffee is that, you know, now's the time to actually design your decade. Work on it. I think that's it's something that we talk about a lot mm. is design a decade because I think it's going to be this decade, so call it the 20s, if you will, that will see, you know, it'll be a history-making scenario. So you're going to be in the game. Yeah, so, but from all walks of life. I don't, yeah. I'm not talking just about property. Mm. I'm talking about the whole economic so you think it's going to be System. good? So it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah it's going to okay. be good. Yeah. So forget the negative news because two months ago we were talking about how great everything was in the media and, yeah. and how property was recovering and everything. Isn't it amazing that yeah. light switch just flicks? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So two things. I want to get to our question in a moment. But Victor, something you said, and I think you maybe should just give me 20 seconds on it. Keep your money liquid. I think yes. was the term you used. What, what do you mean by that? So if you've got accessible equity on your property, and you you can still qualify for a loan, take that money out, put it into an offset account. Okay. Yeah. That way you've got access to the money, even though your property may technically have gone backwards a bit, Mm. uh, you've got the money there to either use as a war chest to fight for another day while everything's down in the dumps or to capitalize on opportunities because the prices have slipped back and, and you can actually go in and buy with a very high deposit. Okay. And, and do lenders like you doing that, saying refinancing a property and then just chucking that into an offset account against the property? Because it doesn't cost you anything to hold it, but mm-hmm. they, the broker gets annoyed because he's probably not going to get paid on it. But, yeah. You know, um, lenders are okay with that. L- lenders are A lot okay, of the time yeah. they go, well, what are you going to use the money for? Yeah, yeah. You've you go, got to I'm just going to offset. They're yeah. going to go, well, no, get stuffed, right? Yeah, you know? you've got to declare that. And then the different lenders have got different cash, restric- cash, cash restrictions mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of how much you can take out without declaring a purpose. Okay. So to our question this month, and Victor, you touched on it really quickly around those Westpac rates at fixed and variable. Mm-hmm. Ben W has written in. Ben, thanks so much for writing in. And I'll, we're running out of time, but quickly paraphrase what he's asking about. He's asking about fixing or not to fix, or do I get a sort of split type system in this current market based on, you know, let's let's talk about what we've spoken about now. Mm. Um, what do you do, Steve? I, look, I think it really depends on what the property's purpose is and perhaps where your sleep at night barometer lies. So if you've got a property that you plan to extract equity from or do major renovations, then extract equity from in the medium to short term future or construct a secondary income or whatever it may be, or I'd potentially want to leave my rates variable so I have the option of going to different lenders. If, however, I've done that, I've executed the plan for that property and the interest rate is just so attractive that lets me sleep at night, so to speak, and I'm comfortable with my biggest expense uh, being the mortgage, then I'd entertain that as well. Okay. But once again, let's not forget that the market is pricing in two further reductions. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is something that you need to really be aware of, could the rates fall further? Personally, uh, look, I've got some rates that I fixed at 4.79 for five years, and that's it's costing me about $50,000 a year now. But back then- It was, it was attractive. It was, yeah. it was 
awesome. You're and never going to ride if you that. chase if you chase the right time to fix, not the fix. You'll go insane. Yeah. I, did, I did the same. I fixed a whole bunch of stuff. And, you can luck it. You know, I fixed it at maybe four point five or four point three or so. I don't know what it was. And so, so you, and so your psyche is saying, "I kind of want rates to go up, so I feel really good about fixing these." But on the, <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side, you're saying, well, "You know what? You win some, you lose some. You got yeah. to accept that. Be comfortable. Uh, that's be comfortable. Be, be yeah. comfortable look, with that." Concept. I think. I think uh, when you look at what's happening with the bills being passed and all, all the stuff in Parliament, uh, you know, the restriction of cash out for ten thousand. Dollars, mm. we're all gearing towards a lot lower interest rates. Uh, reserve banks also flag that. And personally, if you can and the strategy suits, I would probably keep it variable for the time being yep. until you start seeing some movements upwards in terms of the fixed rates and then, then try and lock it in. Right, yeah, right, no, yeah, no, yeah, well, it's not an exact science. No, that, yeah. well, that's what I'm keeping my variable on, on a personal level. And I'm even switching some to P&I rates because mm-hmm. it's just so attractive and it, it gives me a really good chance. Well, you pay down some debt, right? Well, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's potentially- neutral. Mm. Even at three, yeah, even mm. at P&I rates, some of them are cash flow neutral, that's pre-tax. So it's, it's a really good time for those that are perhaps comfortable with their debt position at the moment and they've reached their goals in terms of accumulation to start paying down their debt. Now is about as good at time as you will ever. Good see. counsel. Victor, what can people do to learn more about all this stuff? Reach out to us on questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. Go to our webpage, look at the blogs, or just send us an email to have a chat. Okay. Chat's just good. Just have a yarn. Chat is good. All right. Stephen, anything to uh, close with, sign out with? No, I don't. I think Don't you have like a- Like a catchphrase at the end? Some inspirational quote or something for us? Uh, I know you- Inspirational quote for us. No, you put me on the spot now. Something Gandhi or- Something Gandhi. (laughs) Something from one of the uh, the great economists, maybe of Adam Smith, maybe. Maybe I need a Kuma Carver moment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed the chat. A, bit, a little bit longer than normal, but I think we covered off some really key important points there. But Victor, as you've said, mate, don't don't get overwhelmed with all yep. all this commentary. Just stick to the fundamentals. Stay the course. Stick the course. And I hope everyone enjoyed that. Investing Insights with the Right Property Group. We'll be back again next month. Until then, bye-bye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs, and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property, or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.